there's so many masks around. It looks like there's a lot of thieves walking around town sometimes. It's, uh, anyway, nothing's funny when the church is empty. <laughs> I can't tell. Uh, laugh a little bit more, would you? There's a, there's a server in the front row. Um, the it's an interesting analogy that uh, I came across, I think fits our situation really well. I got me to thinking about it. It was an, an individual was, uh, was describing life, somebody that lived a long life and is still living, uh, a prominent uh, person in the entertainment world with a lot of ethics. And the, this individual said that, that she thinks of life as like a chair with a leg missing or a chair with a leg that is constantly needing to be fixed in that no matter how hard we try, we can't ever be comfortable in the chair. There's always something happening, always something to be fixed, always a leg missing. In other words, life is not perfect. No matter how hard we try, this world is not heaven because we're not here just to have a good time. We, there's always something more. And if we do succeed, if we were to succeed in finally getting a chair with four legs, meaning everything is to our liking, still there would be something missing because we are eternal beings in a temporal world. You cannot fill a heart that is made for God with anything created that only lasts for a time. And so we are in this, this uh, situation which is unprecedented in church history, and I say that because in no time, even in Roman times, was every church, virtually every church, uh, let me put it this way, the majority of, of Catholic and Christian churches throughout the world were closed for Easter. It, it, there's a significance to that. And there are many significances that we're going through now. It depends on which voice we're listening to as to how we interpret the signs of the times and apply them to our lives. Uh, much of the news, I've gotten to the point where I don't want to listen to it too much anymore because it's, it is just unremittingly negative. And occasionally something good will come of us, some possible a cure or something or, or whatever. Uh, but life is not normal. We weren't prepared for it. Nobody was because we didn't expect something like this. And, the, and it is a, it's a situation that uh, we are not uh, by ourselves. The, the news can lead us to the wrong conclusions about how we are to deal with this as Christians. The, the world who do not know God have no answers to the ultimate question as to why this is happening or uh, what meaning it might have for our lives. We know that we are, as Christians, that we're created beings, that God loves us. He permitted this to happen, as he does many things in our lives. This is something we're corporately going through together in, in humanity to one degree or another. Each state has its own rules right now, and each country is doing different things, but we've all had one, to one degree or another, our lives have been affected by this virus, or as it's called, a pandemic. But the response to it is up to each individual. What is God really saying to you and I as Christians? I think there's a lot of things that he's saying that a discerning mind would be able to pick up. I think one of the most critical ones is that we really aren't in control of the earth or our lives. It's a bit of an illusion. Um, 
people, I've been studying the 1918 uh, Spanish flu, which nobody hardly ever thinks about. Even when it was going on, it didn't have the effect that this one has had, partly because the, the populace of the world had just gone through World War I, where there had been incalculable deaths that were very difficult. In, those, in that period of time, not that long ago from, from our own, 100 years ago, uh, maybe a third to a half of all children died in childhood. And now that's a rare occurrence. Antibiotics had not been invented. So people were very familiar with death. And while they were as concerned as we are, they also lived with that reality, whereas we've had it pushed to the side now for many years. We have come to expect science and technology and medicine to come to our aid, and suddenly it, it isn't there yet for us. It probably will come, but in the meantime, we've been reminded that we are uh, we're fragile human beings. Um, those Again, those without faith will come to one conclusion about this, uh, to maybe a grim stoic need to bear this or to do what we can for ourselves, but as Christians, we have another answer. Um, I don't know the why any more than you do, but one of the things that God is definitely um, pointing out to us is that life is short and things can change in a hurry. We have to be prepared, yet we cannot fully prepare for what's coming. We never know what that leg in the chair, uh, when it's going to be pulled out. I remember being at, at uh, Coeur d'Alene, the lake, lake there, and I took this boat tour. I got really sunburned. It was a three-hour three cruise. And, it went, and you can see all these really, really rich homes kind of toward the, the back of the lake there. They all have boat ramps, and that's mainly how they get around. And they're very, very secluded and private. And I was staying. I, I was also uh, visiting some nuns in Spokane, some good friends of mine. And I said, you know, uh, there's in each home there, there's a back door, even though nobody can get in or out, there, there's a back door and the door is death. And, and she said to me, yes, but many of them don't know it yet. They've so sheltered themselves that they don't realize that life is temporary because they have so much. Many of us now don't have everything, and God has taken away a lot of things from some people. It might be their employment or they're worried about their families or their health. They've got somebody that's older and more vulnerable. Uh, younger people may not feel that way, quite as vulnerable, but we all know somebody that has had this. All of us priests have had to deal with this with people that are sick. And so we have this, this reality that God is, is, is wanting us to understand and also that the world at large is simply not listening to God. Why are we here? What is the purpose of life on earth? We're here for a reason. We're on a journey. We have a birth and a death. For us, death is not the end. It's the beginning of eternal life. We're here to prepare for that moment. And it's, it's actually an exciting thing when you think about it, not to die, but to look at what comes next. And so life is really about growing and serving who I have helped in this world, and am I growing in faith? For better or for worse, this is an opportunity to really have a lot of spiritual growth. Uh, it, more trust in God, listening to God, listening to his voice, and not just the media, which relentlessly pounds in the negative aspects of what we're going through. The positives, maybe being with family a little bit, maybe too much, uh, but uh, appreciating life, uh, finding new ways of doing things, maybe a little more time for prayer, a realization that uh, we need God more than we realize that we did. And for Catholics, hopefully, a longing to receive communion again, 
to receive the sacraments. We had a, a, a in this a parish and throughout the world, many who were supposed to come into church at the Easter vigil are still waiting. And that's, while you can look at it as a real inconvenience or maybe in somewhat of an injustice to them compared to the other years, but I see it as an incredible opportunity uh, for them in waiting. They are in, this is a, one of the most unique times to have come into the church. And if God asks us to wait a little longer, it's just a time to prepare to long for something. If we've lost a relative, uh, we long to see them again. Uh, there's always a good side. Remember our Lord said, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are pure of heart. Ble- you know, Blessed are those who recognize the opportunity that God presents to us. I don't like preaching to an empty church. Uh, I'm looking forward to having you all back, and I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, but as God provides for us in ways that we don't, can't comprehend or understand. We've had fathers, Niall and Corbinian, from the family of Mary. They came almost as a gift, and they've, they've been here now for seven or eight weeks. It's been a real gift to us in the midst of the struggles that we're going through. And how do we hear the voice of Jesus? We do not recognize the voice of strangers. This comes from prayer that we should be doing every day by continuing to be faithful to, to Mass online, as many of you are doing. We have daily Mass. You can, you can listen to it any time of the day, not just at noon when we normally have Mass, uh, but to really inculcate the readings. You can actually stop the, the video if you're not watching it live. If something strikes you, to stop and pray for a moment or to gather as a family in a different milieu. It's not perfect, but that that receiving of communion through a spiritual means is a reminder that Christ can get into through the walls of our heart any way he, he wants to, but he must be invited. Those who are indifferent to Mass or to spiritual things may fall away. Others are being introduced to the Mass that normally wouldn't come in the church. And so we find there are all kinds of challenges, but there are also a lot of opportunities. We had a very small baptism here um, this morning with uh, two babies and about five or six kids, about five or six adults, and the rest was live-streamed. But I don't know who was at the other end of the camera, but it was a very moving experience uh, to have less people here, but a great deal of meaning. Um, We find the voice of God in prayer, in the teaching of the church, in reading the scriptures, and listening to the signs of the times. We are in a world where many purport to give us the truth, what they consider the truth, those who don't believe in God think that, like this church that we're in now, well, hard to see it on the camera if you're not from here. We have these great arches, and it's as if there's nothing outside the, outside the building. We're born inside a building, which is the earth, and we can't see beyond the, the visible universe, let's say, as to what's out there. But we know that what's out there is a good shepherd. He won't ever give us something that isn't ultimately for our benefit. Uh, we, life is what we've been through with somebody. It, going through trials is where we grow. When we're in our comfort zone, we are very seldom uh, um, growing. It's always at, when we're being pushed to the edges. It, the Lord makes it very clear that many voices ultimately seek to steal and slaughter and destroy. It's just, we were just talking before math that some of the other options to coping with this, you know, alcohol sales are way up 
in this country. Uh, people, you know, that's one way of coping, but it's ultimately it steals and slaughters and destroys. If we have faith, we know that God loves us. No matter what we have to go through, God will work it to good in our lives. There's a reason that he's put, hit the pause button for the world. Whether, no matter how we feel about what's going on, we have to deal with life as it is and let God come in and speak to our hearts. What voice am I listening to? And the way it shows up is in the actions that we have as we interact with each other, um, how, we, um, how we listen to God in the day-to-day moments in each individual decision that we make. The Lord is the good shepherd. He wants us to recognize his voice. And I'll finish with one thing. We are still in the Easter season. You may notice that in each of the Easter stories that we have, except one, which is the road to Emmaus, people would recognize the voice of Christ. They would not recognize his appearance. But when he spoke to them, like Mary Magdalene, immediately they knew who it was. In the same way, we may not always recognize God's action in our lives, but as good Christians, as good Catholics, we do eventually recognize the Lord says, don't be afraid, trust me, I'm here. I know what I'm doing. The world needs this right now. You have something to go through. This is your mission in life. This is the very time and place and circumstance where I have placed you and you and your families. I will work it to good. Every era has something to go through for me. As Catholics, we're going through it together. We're going to hang in there, and our faith will be strengthened when we all finally come together. We'll appreciate something that we took for granted, which is for us, it's being able to get together as a community here at St. Ed's. I know I certainly appreciate the people that aren't here myself. Um, our noon mass always had 80, 60 to 80, 100 people. And, you know, I miss that communal aspect, particularly every day, and miss the, the Sunday interaction with all of you coming and going through the, the doors. I took it for granted. With us pastors without a flock, it's very, it's really disorienting. You're all there, but we can't see you. Uh, communion is here, but you have to receive it spiritually. But see how God is working through all of this. So we thank God that the Good Shepherd calls us by name. He knows us intimately. He has a plan for our lives. And we can jump to, what can I do, Lord? What do you wish me to do? What voice do I listen to? Not just, the, not just the bad news or the troubling news, but the good news of Jesus Christ, that he wins in the end, and everything will be explained to us on the last day of our lives, if not before.